Greetings, comrades. It's me, David James Young, for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. How are you? Thanks for tuning in and checking this out. Really appreciate you being here. Got an absolutely lovely one this week, and one that is so overdue. Oh my goodness. Uh, this was recorded in November of last year. <laughs> I have no idea why it has taken so, so long to get this one up, but uh, I'm glad that it actually has. It's actually kind of timed out well, uh, similar to the uh, the Jordan Hudkins episode. Uh, by the time this has come out, uh, the uh, album being referred to uh, in the not-too-distant future has been recorded has been produced, has been mixed, and been mastered, and now it is officially out in the universe. That's right. The album is called Zinc, and the artist is Katie Baker. Katie Baker is a singer and songwriter from now Darwin, but originally Adelaide, and has also lived in Brisbane and Melbourne. Basically, she's Australian. She'll tell you that much. She's uh, She's been around the block a few times. You may know her from her time in Sieta, a uh, really, really great hip-hop-infused soul duo who made two fantastic records back in the day. You might have also seen her recently performing live with Briggs, or by extension with AB Original. That's her singing on the song Dead in a Minute from the uh, Reclaim Australia album. Uh, She's on a bunch of other tracks as well. Absolutely phenomenal singer, incredible performer, and she is currently on tour. Uh, If you're listening to this, the day it comes out tomorrow night, she's playing at uh, Lead Belly, FKA The Vanguard, on King Street in Newtown. And uh, she's got a bunch of other shows coming up as well. You can find them all out by hitting her up, katiebakermusic.com. But yeah, this was recorded when all of that was still in the in the prosperous future. This was recorded, sigh, at the Newtown Social Club, RIP gone way too fucking soon. And uh, it was recorded while she was in Sydney opening for Sun Little, who also has a really good new album out that is definitely worth sussing. Uh, so this was our first time catching up in a while. I've known Katie for oh, about five, maybe six years, and it was our first time seeing each other in quite some time. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty long one, and we kind of get into a lot of different stuff surrounding her upbringing and her musical uh, pursuits, etc. But uh, yeah, I think it turned out really, really, really well. And uh, <laughs> Katie, I cannot apologize enough for uh, taking so fucking long to get this one up, but I'm glad that we uh, finally have the avenue to do as such and can share that with you today. So yes, Katie Baker is our guest today. Uh, The debut album is Zinc. It is available now on your Spotify's, on your Apple Music's, on your bloody whatever else, wherever you choose to get music. Beg, borrow, and steal. Get this record. Check it out. It is an absolute beauty. Won't leave you too much longer, but just another very, very quick reminder. This podcast is made possible with the love and support of a bunch of absolute fucking legends like yourself. If you've got this in your earbuds and you are downloading this, streaming this, however you are getting this, thank you so, so much. It is so appreciated. If you like what you hear, please 
share it around. Let people know what we're doing. Uh, you can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. You can tell people what we're doing uh, via social media. Uh, you can, you know, share with your friends. You can say, oh, I know you like this band or, you know, something like that. Maybe you'll be interested in this podcast where, you know, someone actually speaks to this artist or this band pretty in depth about everything in their entire lives ever. <laughs> it's it's fun. Like, we have a lot of fun doing this. It's an entirely independent podcast and all of your support is so, so, so appreciated. If you do have a couple of bucks lying around and you would like to support in that way, then please head over to Patreon and you can help keep this podcast up and running online. For as little as $1 a month, you can help keep this podcast going and support independent Australian podcasting. So, if that sounds like something that may be of interest, please head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. Alrighty, folks, let's do it to it. This is Katie Baker. Social Club, uh, where uh, many episodes have been recorded, uh, including this one, obviously, and uh, Miss Katie Baker is on the road with Mr. Sun Little. How have the shows been going? They've been really cool. Really yeah. super cool. Yeah. Made him a couple of hours before our sound check in Brisbane last week. Played right. the Brisbane show. Yeah. That was really intimate and awesome. We ended up at Pancake Parlor at 2am. <laughs> Correct. And then the Melbourne show was the last night at uh, the Toffin Town. Oh, great venue! Yeah, yeah. fantastic venue. Great sound, uh, great atmosphere. I'm pretty sure it was almost sold out, so that was oh, excellent. Really, really awesome uh, to see a, like pretty much half the venue singing a couple of his songs along with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah, fantastic. And you've pretty much been non-stop on, on the road this year like uh, we were just talking off mic how um, you pretty much haven't been home for about four months so. pretty much yeah. <laughs> give, us, give, us, give us the breakdown of what you've been doing the last fucking four months or four so. months yeah where You've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. That's right. I have uh, I released a, my first debut single yeah. as myself Katie Baker stepping uh-huh. away from Sierra Heavy on My Heart I released that in August and then I played the uh, Darwin Festival that was kind of like my debut with the band yeah. uh, I played that in August and then started doing an East Coast tour so Brisbane Brisbane surrounds northern mm. New South Wales uh, then I broke a little bit for Big Sound and hung out with the crew there and then uh, I did a couple more gigs around the area and yep. then flew back to Darwin for a week. 
I had I was home for a week. Uh-huh. Recorded vocals for the new single that is coming out next year. Uh, caught up with some family and then returned pretty much to do Caloundra Music Festival in Queensland. Yeah. Uh, then I did a little bit of sneaky recording some backing vocals for Pete Murray, which I'm really excited to oh, hear. Oh, wicked. Nice. Yeah. And then I pretty much hit the road and did Coffs Harbour, everywhere in between Coffs and Newcastle and oh, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And then down through the regional areas of uh, Orange and Mudgee and Jeez. Wollongong and Nowra. Went into Newcastle, then across... Not Newcastle, sorry. Canberra. Right. Uh, then across to Castlemaine in Victoria, down to Melbourne, Ballarat. And I went to... Where did I... Where I'm, I'm making you sleepy. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining the fucking... Uh, the I can just, swear. Just cool. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I borrowed my mum's car to do the tour, and I got it serviced right beforehand, and... I had done like many thousands of Ks over the next due date for a, a service. Bloody yeah, hell. after after that. Now most people would go, Oh, okay, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, I'm set. Why did you why did you go, well fuck it, I'm here, I might as well tour for three months and all this I stuff. have I have an amazing booking agent and Hyperactive for yeah. <laughs> Shout outs to Luke Morton. Um with Sierra, the band that I was in before, and I'm still yeah. in that band. We're, we're we're still working together on sound system stuff. We're just not making any new music under the banner Sierra. It's all my solo stuff. Yeah. Um, we we were lucky and fortunate enough to jump on tours with pretty established artists straight away. So yeah. we hit up the capital cities. We went to concert uh, venues. Did clubs and pubs and we miss the regional grind which is kind of I think you know you learn a lot about yourself you get really good at it because you've got you know night after night after night of uh, performing to you know a plethora of <laughs> the experiences are very varied you know sure. yeah there's yeah, some yeah, yeah. I've played to six people then I played to 300 people it every night is different you meet you're meeting new people every night it's it's a real testament to your to the strengths of your personality oh, I, can yeah. <laughs> I learned i've learned a lot about myself over the last four months that's for sure i've been accompanied by a good friend of mine who i consider family as my guitarist for the majority of those shows yeah uh we did the dan sultan gigs as well that's right i did Dan Sultan for his mag- uh, did support for Dan Sultan Magnetic Tour yeah. uh, in Melbourne and um, Sydney, and then pretty much had uh, three days to rehearse with the wonderful Lindsay, the Doctor McDougal, friend of the show, previous friend guest. of the show. Good, good to hear. He uh, he's my guitarist for the Sun Little Tour, which is what I'm currently on. So yeah. I'm just recycling are. through yeah, all of go. the all of the capital cities. Unreal. So, how did you meet up with Lindsay? You guys played in Adam Briggs's Correct. band together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Briggs wanted to get the band together. James, uh, my music producer, is a bass player as yep. well. Uh, was like, well, I got I got the man for the drums, which is Stephen Smith, who is my guitarist, who yep. was my guitarist for right, this, right. this tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Briggs is like, I got the guitarist. I've got I've got the shredder that is needed <laughs> for the unstoppable, unfuckwithable. Uh, Briggs Band, Slaytalica. What's that? What's that? Uh, what's his name? No, I'm not even going to go there. What's that TV show where everyone was divided? He did it. He didn't do it. 
The People versus OJ Simpson? No. <laughs> they ki- they supposedly killed the news reporter out in, in oh. the. Um, Joel, God. Joel, Joel, no. JR. No. Nah. No, no, no. Twin Peaks? Oh my goodness, this is terrible. <laughs> my memory's so fried, I need some sleep. <laughs> oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, that was a name for the band very briefly as well. So yeah, we met Lindsay through doing those and oh, awesome. um, James and I got along really well with him and his wife Jen straight away. So mm-hmm. Uh, we are now family, and I was like, I'm going to steal you for my band, and that, that's, that's what's happened. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And the circle being broken. It's, yeah, it's man. <laughs> like, like minded people and yeah, community and absolutely. family. Yep. And now, finally, you know, my, my little private universe of elephant tracks and friends are wrong. Can finally <laughs> together. It's, is it's is this the link, is it? Yeah, am, am I the link? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're part of the Venn diagram. It's great. It's fantastic. Oz hip hop straight yeah. into. Frenzel punk. Yeah, why not? I love it. I love it. So uh, we go back a, a few years. Uh, we so do. we're going to the end of, I believe it was the end of 2010 or the end of 2011. It was one of the two. Might have been. Might have been the end of 2011. You're gonna know better than me. Yeah. Well, I remember the place. It was Petridge Music Festival. Oh, mad. That's yeah. where I met my my makeup artist and like legendary friend Emily Onicle. I oh, met. Oh, there you go. Pete's Ridge coming yes. through. Yeah, so, uh, and it was uh, purely coincidental as well. I was walking from one stage to another, like, uh, I, I think, you know when you're a festival like that and, and the grand scale of it, you, you, you get so excited about the little things like getting, like, escorted around with golf carts and shit. Oh, man. It's the you're best. You're like, I, I, saw, up. I saw someone going to a, another stage and was like, oh, where are you going? The other stage. Can I run to the back of the golf cart? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't even think I got to go on one of those. I like to walk and and <laughs> and and look at the things along the way. But there's yeah. there was quite a big network of backstage area that oh was yeah, quite it's quite it large, was patrons, wasn't it? Yeah, it was massive. That's right. And so I end up I end up at this other stage, and you two are playing. Uh, you and you and uh, Jimmy from Sierra, uh, and that was my first exposure to you guys. I I could hear you guys playing from a while away and then I, I wander in and I'm just like what's going on here and then catch up and meet you guys afterwards and yeah kind of hit it off ever since and uh, yeah it's been ages and ages since I saw either of you but you know always I've seen you online so it feels like you've been constantly in in our life uh, well you know that, that is the great thing about the internet <laughs> you know, whether, whether we're in Sydney or in Darwin we can bring the people together we so, can uh, yeah on that note, tell us about how Sierra originally came to be. How did Sierra originally come to be? I met James in Brisbane. Right. And uh, I had not really been in any bands. I didn't really necessarily want to be in a band. I didn't really want to perform or anything like that. I wanted to write music and mm. and give it to other people to, to perform. And we met, and he he was just starting to make beats. He wasn't. He was just dabbling as a bass player, so he's playing a lot of live shows. And so he's had all of this live show expertise um, that I'd never had, apart from just jumping up with my dad, who's a blues musician, mm. on stage with him for festivals and gigs. You know, as a teenager in yep. my early twenties. Uh, so I didn't really have much live music and live musicianship experience. So I met James, and uh, he's like. 
I love your voice. We, we were at a party together. We hadn't really known each other for very long mm. and everyone was a bit drunk, I think. And someone said, oh, everyone has to do something that they're good at. Um, Fuck, here we go. Yep. So there was some <laughs> gymnastics. There was some card tricks. And so I sang. Right. And do you remember what you sang? I sang uh, Sweet Little Angel by Big Mama Thornton's my favourite blues track, one of my favourite blues tracks. Lovely. And I think he kind of just went, all right, I would like to work with this this voice. And so we kind of, I don't know, just started hanging out a bit and getting to know uh, one another's musical background. And mm. uh, he basically said, you need to go and be in a band, learn that for a little bit. He's my mentor in a way. Sure. Um, so I, I made a band. We wrote a few songs. We played a couple of gigs. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm ready to do the other thing that we're going to do. And uh, we just he just started writing beats, and I saw so much potential in them and righted songs to them. Righted? Oh, my yes. goodness. Wrote. I wrote. So I was writing to his his beats, and we, we both progressively got better at what we were doing. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. we moved to Melbourne. And we didn't have a name at that point. Mm. And he moved to Melbourne. He moved to Melbourne first and got the hookup with TZU, so Jolistics, Count oh, Bounce, Peso yes, yes. Bionic, Corey, Yerrick, and uh, he joined their band as bass player. Mm. And Pip is a wonderful producer. Heard some of our demos. Uh, I was working as a graphic designer in Melbourne. Uh, I was putting money aside to you know make this work. In my in my off time so we recorded with Pip and we did an EP and he was of course working with um, Earthboy from Elephant Tracks sure Passed, yes show. awesome passed it on to um, Tim Tim invited us on a uh, a little it wasn't a tour but he invited us to, to support him in Sydney mm. at uh, maybe the Vanguard I think oh great venue yeah. yeah we decided to make it a full length album so James and I and Pip did and Elephant Track signed us from that, and that was the beginning. Perfect. And then uh, we've just been cruising around the country as Seattle with, you know, Hermitude and The Herd and uh, Earthboy and yep. who else? Last Connection, oh, of Sky High, yeah, or a Horror Show, yeah, Jimbla, yeah. Fantastic All them up. Crew, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fucking brilliant, yeah. Yeah. You can ask for much more than that. That is, a, that is an exceptional run of people there just a top family right now yeah and then you know james and i we became pretty good friends with briggs during that time and we've been collaborating with him and trials yeah. as well yeah because he remixed one of your songs didn't he, he ghost faced it he he hit me up about doing a track on his on his uh album shep life yeah as a hook and i hadn't really done any guesting as being a hook bitch or anything like that for <laughs> anyone i get i used to get hit up all the time you know sure, yeah. especially from you know my beat, his beats, my raps, your voice, you know, took of the world. Like, nope, no, we won't. It's not happening. Uh, and um, I checked out Briggs' shit and I was like, I, I really fucking love this. Um, so, yeah, met him on the day that I was recording the hook for, I wrote the hook for uh, Bigger Picture. Yeah, he's pretty much been a part of our family since that day. Brilliant. And uh, he heard uh, tracks of... Uh, the Invisible River before they they obviously got released. Yeah, yeah. And he heard Let It Go 
I was like, oh, I'm ghost, I'm ghost facing that shit. <laughs> ghost facing, ghost, ghost facing, facing. Yeah. ghost facing that shit. To do something in the style of, of ghost, ghost face killer, killer, correct. <laughs> Which is exactly what he did. James made the drums a little bit more banging. Then we did a video clip for it. Chucked that out. Yeah. He also took one of our instrumentals as well from that album. And then since that's Shep Life, and then since then, AB Original has been uh, born. Yeah. Trials from the Funkors. Yep. And uh, I've done a few songs with them as well for Reclaim Australia. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I love those tracks. They're banging. So, Whole so album. <laughs> Iconic. Like, I know, I know. I've uh, <laughs> been waiting for those songs to be released for so long. Oh, I, can <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Jesus. Yeah, I want to talk about your initial interest in music and uh, kind of where it's changed from being just something you were consuming, observing, etc., to being something that you wanted to do. Indeed, if there was that kind of light bulb moment for you. Like you mentioned, your dad was a musician, so I'm assuming that music was kind of a, a big part of your upbringing. 100%. It yeah. was pretty much, I'd say, in utero. Like, before I was born, I I was orally fed the, the goodness mm. of blues and soul and uh, rock and roll, uh, jazz, big band, country blues... American music, basically. Yeah. And yeah. that didn't really change until I was a teenager. Like, didn't really get... We didn't get, really get to listen to whatever we wanted to listen to, mm. which was a pain in the ass being, you know, a prepubescent kid. <laughs> and then finding that, you know, I, I discovered New Jack Swing and R&B mm. and, and hip-hop. Love Wu-Tang Clan. Love pop. Love Spice Girls. Oh, love Whatever. I loved Garbage. Presidents of the United States. Yeah, fucking Yes, I, I was surrounded by music constantly, all all of the time. But also witnessing the lifestyle of a musician. My dad is still a musician. He's, he doesn't tour or anything anymore, but he used to. And so it was kind of like a... It was almost like a... I don't know that I really want this life. Yeah. <laughs> witnessing a, a, you know, a family member doing what they're doing and, and the struggles that you know occur and whatever. But I, I started singing and writing. I, I can remember being super young in the Adelaide Hills where we lived mm. in our house that my parents had built but they hadn't finished the laundry at the very end so it was just this massive slab of concrete because it's built into a hill split level Yeah. and I remember getting up probably quite dangerously onto this slab of concrete and pretending to perform to no one or to everyone to anyone Yeah. and we also had rainwater tanks and I used to climb up it was also massive and probably extremely dangerous um <laughs> climb up the ladder and I would put my head in and I would yell or sing or whatever just to hear the reverb in the in the tank taking risks yeah <laughs> not entirely sure if my parents knew that I did that <laughs> so I've always been fascinated with sound and what I could do with it mm. and then when I was uh, when I was in high school I joined the choir did it for two years when this is definitely not my shit and mm. then just went into the arts so I didn't do any music or any um, formal training or anything like that in high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I can't read or write music. I just, I write songs and I write music my way, um, but I can't, I, I don't know what to do with... Did you pick up, like, guitar or piano or something? Nah, nah. My, my dad's a blues musician. He's a blues guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we had, we, we butt heads, so him trying to teach me anything just was impossible and it never worked. <laughs> and, it was, and the world doesn't need another shitty guitarist. So I'm like, I'm quite happy just to... I'm quite... I get lost when I perform, I think. So I, I'm... When I say lost, I mean I'm... 
in a kind of, um, I guess I go into a bit of a trance because I don't know what I do. Mm. It just happens and I don't think my brain has the capacity to operate another instrument at the same time as yeah, my yeah. voice. And people who can blow me away. Like, I think it's sure. amazing. Obviously, it's practice and all of that, but yeah, I just yeah, yeah. never had an interest in it, really. Maybe I'll sit down and fuck around with the piano. That, that'll definitely be something that I'll get my head around at some point. Mm. Definitely. But for, no, no, no training. I did a couple of voice lessons and uh, one of them was uh, highly rude and the other one was like a little old lady doing la 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 oh, scales. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> This like, is not, no. <laughs> next level. Let's get to the <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Beyonce trills. Yeah, so I, I didn't have any training or anything like that. I didn't necessarily, like I said before, didn't really want to go into music or whatever. But what during high school, my friends were always a bit like, "Okay, you can shut the fuck up now. You've been singing for a little too long now. Just stop." And my parents heard me singing because I've got quite a strong voice. It's a bit hard to kind of disguise it. This so. Is true. I, singing and warming up anywhere is a pain in the ass. I need to be like in mm. either soundproof or in a field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my parents finally heard me properly when I was probably 15 or 16. And right. that's when I started getting up at Woodford Blues, Woodford Folk Festival. Uh-huh. When my dad was playing at those. It's kind of, I think it's inherently genetically built into me to do. Like mm. I'm shit at a lot of things, but I'm <laughs> really good at this, I think. Obviously I wouldn't do it as a yeah. full-time job. Um, yeah. And I love doing it, you know, it's, it's a part of who I am, totally. part of my identity. So yeah. even, you know, it, it wouldn't matter what the fuck happened with my career, I would still be doing it no matter what. Sure. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you actually got up and performed? Like, do you remember how old you were, etc.? Oh. No, not really. I don't know, I was one of those kids that used to make my brother learn plays and shit so we could perform them to the grandparents out in the backyard. You know, those (laughs) super extroverted, hyper-manic children that just (laughs) needed to have their creativity validated, I guess. Um, So I don't really remember the first time. I was probably, if it was in front of a lot of people, I I don't have stage fright or anything like that. I'm quite happy to... Not even, not even back when you were a kid? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I, did, I did the Lion King play when I was in primary school. I played hey. played Nairobi. Nairobi? No, what's her name? Fuck, that's a country. Or a, or a capital city. Showing my ignorance. Na, Na, Nala's mum. What's oh, her name? Yeah. I can't remember. It starts, with an, it starts with an N. And I sang Can You Feel the Love Tonight. That was my... So that was in front of, you know, probably a couple hundred people. I, I don't remember. Damn. I had bad eyesight maybe as a kid. Maybe that had something to do with it. I just not totally being aware of the glaring faces. Or whatever. <laughs> You've either got it or you don't. I, sure. I've, I've just got no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved around a fair bit then. If you yeah, man. grew up in Adelaide, moved to Brisbane, moved to Brisbane, then to Melbourne, Melbourne, and now you're in Darwin. Yeah, but we used, when I used to live in Adelaide, um, my dad would travel up to Darwin every year so we'd, right. we'd follow him and spend time in Darwin yeah. for a good chunk of the year yeah which is interesting because I've never uh, like most of the people that I've ever known from that area like have always kind of lived there like it's a it's an interesting place to move to if you know what I mean like yes uh, it's a it's a very very unique kind of area to to kind of decide 
okay, well, I'm. This is where I'm going to base myself out of. You know, especially yeah. in the current, you know, climate where the, you know, primarily it's entirely on the east coast. You know. Yeah, I think there's um, for me community and people and energy is super important, mm-hmm. and I have that on lock in Darwin. It's yeah. remote as fuck, but I get to tour and be. On, I've got. I've got. I've got family and friends in every capital city that sure. I can crash with, yeah. so I'm not, um, you know, out of pocket or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just miss it. Before that, what brought you to Brisbane? We're we're living in Adelaide, uh-huh. and my mum came home one night and said, "Do we want to move to Brisbane for six months? I've got a job transfer offer." And me and my brother kind of got quite bullied at our school, so we were like, "Fucking yes, let's go, let's leave." So we went to school the next day, got all of our reports and stuff and our letters like just uh, middle fingered everyone out yeah. of that shit fuck you fuck you, yeah. fuck you. Cool yeah. that's it that's it is that a good burger? Uh, is that, that is is that um, Some, no, no it's not it, no no it's it's um, Dave Chappelle yes it, yeah, Chappelle. Um, baked, half baked there we yes. go I was on the way that's right half baked my uh-huh. favourite stoner movies oh the so, best. So yeah, I've got to go to watch that. Mass, that's going to sure. be my thanks. I'm going to put that on my list. I'm easy, going to watch that easy. next week. <laughs> we went in, got all of our shit, and the next day we uh, started packing everything into a car and a trailer. Mm-hmm. And my mum's job, company people, paid for our accommodation all the way up. And they supplied us with a house and furniture and everything. Perfect. And we were there for... I started school in a primary school. The, and, I, and I jumped a grade as well because of the different ages. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So... I kind of just only did a term of grade seven and found my best mates, who I'm still mates with. I hung out with them last week yeah. in Brisbane. Um, went to a primary school for a, a term and then went to high school in Brisbane. So basically what happened, it was six months, but we all decided, uh, yeah, this is too good to like pass, up, pass yeah. up. So we just decided to start paying our own rent and... Mm. Um, Mum kept on going with the the job there, yep, yep. and so we just decided to stay in Brisbane. And so that was kind of like your coming of age years, like you know, yeah, high school, yeah. yeah, man. It was like, well, I grew up in a small country town, and my high and my primary school was a high school, it was an area school, and uh, it was quite diverseless. That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> was, there was a lack of diversity. There was a lack of diversity. <laughs> a considerable um, lack. Yeah, it was a couple of um, couple of blackfella kids, and the rest were just white, 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 white. Oh. And um, well, you know, you don't know these things as as a kid and oh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Then I then I moved to Brisbane, and I'm like mad. I got teased a lot for the way that I looked. Um, really? Uh, so, yeah, it's bizarre. Kids kids are cruel. They can do what you know, do what they want. Like you know, I've got quite a square, flat nose, so I got quite a few unnecessary racial slurs for. For oh, that, yeah, it is a little horrible. Yeah, shit stays with you for a while. So I was quite, you know, like traumatized by that. And I moved to Brisbane, and no one said anything about my nose. No one bullied me. No one. And there were people from all walks of life. You know, my best mates are from Papua New Guinea, and mm. and and they're Chinese as well. And and the just the the diverseness. I lived on the south side of Brisbane, so mm. the, the north side is a little bit more like the Adelaide Hills. There's yeah, definitely yeah, sure. a bit more of a I mean, fuck Pauline Hanson. Uh, yeah, I lived on the south side, which is predominantly, you know, Asian people from Polynesia, yeah, New yeah, Zealand, yeah. Africa. It was super diverse, and I, I just, I felt at home 
there. I didn't have a problem with being bullied at all. And I went through, I I found a radio station that I fell in love with and recorded and found new music and everything just kind of worked. It just, you know, everything has to work because that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So by the time you get to Melbourne... Yeah. You've been performing for a little bit. Not really. Tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like... I think I did three or four gigs with the band that I put together that I'd so written a few songs. Uh, it was a band. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you Google them? No, no, no. We had we had a MySpace. Oh. I don't think it's I don't think it's around anymore. But the songs, I mean, like I, the songs are good. I'm, you know, I'm not. I wasn't the strongest lyricist back then, but I don't think. Mm. I mean, you have to, you know, lyrics are they're subjective. Sure. I don't think I was. I don't think I was. Me, I wasn't old enough to have experienced enough just yet, but I'm pretty on point with melody and phrasings, I think. So yeah. um, I still get those songs stuck in my head every now and then. I'm like, I've got to do something with them. I've got to pull them out and rework them and and get someone else to do something that would be, with them. That would be very interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should really try and find where they are. We've had so many, you know. Yeah hard drive blowouts on laptops and stuff I'm pretty sure they're, they're probably lost in the ether but yeah I didn't really perform much until I got to Melbourne Melbourne was pretty much my training ground for mm. public performance and there was a good community of other musicians and artists and stuff there that you came friends with or not really no, I was pretty kind of stuck to yeah I stuck to my look I was I worked a full-time job it was it wasn't stressful, but it was long hours, and yeah, yeah. I kind of, I got there, and I wasn't established at all, and Melbourne's, you know, there's, there's a lot of crews going on there, mm. and James was uh, part of TZU, so he went sure, on, like, yeah. mad tours and festivals and stuff, so we met heaps of people through that. Yeah, I remember you guys playing with TZU. Yeah, we yeah. supported them, that's right. I think I, I remember seeing you at one of the, was it Wollongong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You just get drawn to um, like-minded people with a good energy that, you know, you can call your family. So, you know, we've got a lot of crew and friends that are probably placed in these little, you know, whatever, but nothing, I didn't like join, join a group of females doing collective stuff or anything like that. Like there was a lot of that going on and 100% support it and, Mm. and loved going to the gigs, but I was... I don't know, I, I, I was probably quite mentally unwell during those times as well, so just, I was probably best that I was just isolated for my own good, yeah, right. and probably for everyone else's, I'm good now. And I had chronic fatigue for eight years as well, oh, so that's probably yeah. why I can't remember a lot of, a oh, lot of the sure, gigs. No, you, absolutely. I'm not lying shit, no, 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 <laughs> like, it, when unprompted, when things are, like, triggered, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, oh, that, yeah. that, that okay. did happen, yeah. No, I loved Melbourne to begin with. I, I, I grew to hate my job uh, and sure. the traffic yeah. and the weather. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a heat baby. I need that. I need that sunshine. I can't do those winters. I can't. I can't be that cold for that long. It's not. It's not a part of me <laughs> to put up with that shit. But I did, and I learned about myself, and I wrote a lot of good music there and performed and and got my chops up and you know we got signed to a label we got um, publishing we had management it's just the the nature of progression really do you have do you have any like distinct memories of of editors or anything like that or is it all kind of faded over the years it's not faded everything's just a bit of a bit of a blur like it's all a massive fucking awesome positive 
like we got to go to Singapore, we got to go to Liverpool, we got to go to London, we got to we got to go all over this country. I mean, I'm still I still meet people that haven't really left their council area or their shire or their you know their capital city. I mean, I moved to when I moved to Melbourne, one of my mates that I worked with lived on the east side of Melbourne and never been to Footscray before. And I was like, I've I've been here for like two months and I've been to more. I've seen more of your city. I mean. I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do and, and I had so much fun with Sierra and I absolutely cherish and love all of those memories. Like I love going through our Instagram years and years ago to yeah. to to see what we did and our Facebook page and, and all of that. Which at the, my, Our very first Facebook page photo on Sierra is in Darwin, actually. Yeah, right. Um, James and I actually did our first gig together as a wedding performance oh, shit. before Sieta we before Sieta we did a couple of wedding songs in uh, for a, a mate of ours in Darwin so it's the first time we played together was in Darwin so do you remember what was on the set list for that it was a uh, um, I think it was um, high tide or low tide that's all I can remember. High Tide, Low Tide. Is that a Bob Marley or is it um, Ben Harper? Sam Cooke, maybe? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's High Tide, Low Tide. Um, that's what I remember. There might have been a Ben Harper, because I didn't really listen to Ben Harper before until I learnt one of his songs. I was right. like, man, this, this, is, this is difficult uh, and amazing. So, yeah, that, that's all I can remember from that. So Darwin is, you know... James, James and I were both born in Adelaide. Um, he moved when he was five. I moved when I was twelve. But I feel a massive connection to Darwin, and he's obviously there. And he's got, we've got all of our family and a lot of our friends there as well. So we, you know, we're from Darwin. Mm. We're from Darwin. We've been seasoned in Melbourne. I was educated in Brisbane and Adelaide. Right. I just, just Australian, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was Bob Marley for the record. It was Bob Marley. Yes. Mad. You gotta know. Play. I know. You have to know. Yeah. You have to know. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm connected to the information superhighway, and I can find out within a minute. We live in 2016. Yeah, baby. Not for much longer. Though. No. <laughs> it's no. Correct. Out. God, it'll be it'll be 2017 by the time this comes out. Yeah. With, yes. So, at what point does? Seattle kind of run its course and you kind of make that jump into making music under your own name. We had done our second uh, LP, The Invisible River. Yep. uh, And we toured it. Uh, I was working a pretty stressful, awesome shift work job that I I loved, uh, but also probably burnt me out quite a lot. I did it for two years. James started working with Daniel Johns. Oh yeah, that's right. He wrote Preach with with Daniel Mm -hmm. and a few others as well. We kind of just, like, life happened, stuff happened, and we just decided to, oh, I just, I had kind of, like, lost a lot of energy for a lot of things. Like I said, I had some mental health problems mm-hmm. and decided that I wanted to fix them, and I found the right person to do that with. That happened, and I felt like a completely different person. Yeah. And so Sieta didn't seem relevant as much. The main probably precursor to this is that James had reconnected with his bass mentor, Michael Honan, who... Ah, uh, yeah. Plays with... Yeah. Yep, and Saltwater Band and, and Tommy Lewis. And he's an amazing producer. And James, yeah. they connected again. And um, they'd always wanted to work with us. Uh, so there was kind of a proposition of, hey, would Katie consider going solo? I'm like, no, I hate my name. <laughs> and then... No one knows how to spell it. Yeah, no one knows how to spell it. It's awkward. <laughs> 
Uh, and it sounds, I don't know, Katie Baker, I just, I don't, it doesn't, eh, whatever, it's growing on me now. <laughs> I've come around. So that initially, that's, that's pretty much how it started. And we, I, I'm always constantly writing when, I, when, I, when I'm in a position to write. Yeah, and yeah. so I sent demos to James. And so James would start showing the demos that we were writing mm. to Michael Honan. Yeah. And um, and he was like, oh, you know, I can get into this and, it, you know, have some ideas about it. The real catalyst for the entire rebranding of my songs mm. really comes from the reunion I had with my father. I had stopped talking to him four years prior. Right. We had a falling out. It got to a point where kind of probably just, you know, bite the bullet and get back in contact with him and, and um, see how he was doing. And we had a reunion. We were in the house and before we left, uh, he handed, my, my dad handed James a USB key filled with roughly 600 files of guitar riff ideas, harmonica lines, drum pattern ideas. He was talking to the cat. James had to download a program off the interwebs to trans, to convert, to convert that's the word, to convert the file, because it was recorded on a shitty Nokia phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into an MP3. Right. And we like, I'm denied about, you know, do we get him to replay these or do we get someone else to replay them? Like, nah, fuck it. The, the, the crunchiness is what makes it work. Mm. I love that texture. So James would find loops in all of these um, little ideas that he's got and make sick beats over them. Right. And send them to me. I would write songs. Then we would send it to Michael Honan, who would lay fat double bass all over it. We'd fuck with the arrangement. We're still doing it. Like, we're every song that we've, we've only finished two songs. I've got one out already, Heavy on My Heart. Yeah. And my next single, uh, which will be released probably February 2017. Okay. All the others are still, we're still cycling through. You know, we've got double bass uh, arrangements, we've got horn arrangements, we've got, you know, whatever whatever the, the songs lend themselves to. The songs really become king, and it's it's more organic, and there's more instrumentation than ever before that yeah. I've, that I've ever worked with. But still have that hip hop element because that's such a massive part of who I am. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so that's like that sound was very different to Sieta. So we it, it would be weird if we'd gone out as Sieta. You know, I'd kind of come into my own. I wasn't probably you know 100% during Sieta, so it made sense that with Katie Baker, I am myself. Yeah own everything all of the awkwardness all of the all of the flaws all of the greatness all of the yeah. the, the, the shit the, the yeah, good yeah. and the bad everything yeah, exactly. you just gotta own that shit so that's that's how it really came out working with Michael and Mark at Perambulator and Skinnyfish and James and myself yeah what was that first show like playing under your own name we'd been kind of in Darwin doing some uh, developmental gigs just at pubs and clubs to just get me used to playing with live bands because I yeah. pretty much hadn't really played with any live bands. Seattle was, you know, was all production and MPC and computer-based. Yeah, so, sure. you know, we would start the song and I really couldn't fuck up because... Um, it all, yeah, it's all grid. Yeah. It's all grid. And now it's like, it's like relearning how to perform in a way. Mm. You know, I've got, you know, shit's tangible. I can... I can, you know, say, Lindsay, that's fucking awesome. Play it again. I don't... Yeah. I'm not... I'm not restricted. So yeah. le- learning all of that again has been super fun. So I did that in Darwin, and that was under my name. So people people in Darwin know who I am for the most part, mm-hmm. I guess. 
Um, but playing a, a festival, it was, it's weird seeing my name in a festival bill, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's weird, because it's like, that's my name. Yeah. And it's, I'm not hiding behind anything, and mm. people can Google me, and <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> Maybe you guys should Google me. Maybe. Maybe. See, see if you can find. Dig up a bit of dirt. There's no dirt on me. <laughs> no. Nah. Not. Perfect angel. We know that. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, I guess with these shows, you you said you're kind of been developing this new kind of stage presence and learning to adapt again. Uh, mm. What 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 kind of uh, songs are you playing? Like, is it like you mentioned? Like, there's only a couple of like. Complete Play the songs, yeah. Songs, so like, I've, is it just like stuff that you're kind of like developing at the yeah, moment? Yeah, 100%. You're just trying it out live? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the songs for the most part have like lyrically been written. We're still mm-hmm. playing with a lot of the arrangements. I'm definitely going to change the lyrics that I have been singing, you know. They either make sense to me, they used to, or they don't now, or you know, I could definitely find better words it's to describe what I'm trying to say, I guess. It's everything is still in development there are, you know there are songs that I'm performing that I, I've probably grown to love the arrangements of mm. which is also a little dangerous because that's demo sing, which <laughs> I don't particularly yeah. want to do the songs are still songs but they're just not available yet <laughs> <laughs> mid next mid mid 2017 that's when I'll have an album but for now it's all just, it's all just, just singles and a, and a work in progress, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad it's all going well. Like, you seem to be in a really good place to uh, at the moment. The best. The best. Yeah, I've got an amazing team and and a fucking awesome squad and family uh, around me. And I'm a part of a community. Um, yeah. There's a lot of amazing talent in Darwin that I'm missing right now. I'll be back very shortly. I get to soak in that for a little while before going on tour with AB Original for Laneway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's so you're going to be like a, a fixture of that, that live the show. The show, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm pretty happy about it. Oh, so you should be. That's unreal. Uh, well, Katie, it has been so, so great to chat to you and kind of, yeah, learn about all of this. And it's so, so great to, to see you in this great positive mindset and uh, I'm, I'm really Thanks, really David. proud of how far you've come you know oh, it's a, thank you so, so much so great to see. yeah like likewise so good to see you I, I think i knew you were doing a podcast but yeah. getting to be on it is fucking awesome oh well, the pleasure me. is all mine thank you for being on it thanks for having me absolutely now before we get out of here mm-hmm. i have i asked this of all of my guests and now that it's your turn katie all right i want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played oh <laughs> Which will be uh, an interesting experiment, but I'm, I'm willing to see where this goes. The best. Feel free to start on either or. So, <laughs> so as Katie Baker or Sieta or all? E- everything. We're talking Ooh. everything. Everything that you can remember. Well, look, to be honest, e- even if... Well, in terms of turnout, we've definitely had gigs where we've played to, you know, maybe five or six people. Ouch. One of them was only a few weeks ago yeah. in Nowra. Uh-huh. But I sounded awesome. The sound was great. I still had an amazing time. Uh-huh. So, yeah, look, I've, I've definitely played to some some pretty small, intimate environments. But I don't mind that at all if... Worst gig? 
probably probably a festival in Brisbane where the sound guy was a douche and oh. didn't have my fold back on for half the set, even though I kept asking for it. Uh, it might have been one of those festivals that for the pingers, maybe. <laughs> For the what? For the, for the pingers, you know. The I think oh, it was like a festival a, that they needed to have some live act to. Oh right. To maybe like an EDM kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. It's like a doof, but it wasn't. It was still a festival. They had some live music, but it was. I don't. I don't know. I didn't really enjoy the energy at all. Yeah. Um. I. But I still performed well, and I and I loved it. I don't really have bad gigs. I can't really. <laughs> it's more. I'm gonna beat myself up about shit if I didn't perform well or I you know missed a note or I'm pitchy or whatever and that happens consistently throughout you know I'm always trying to get better at what I do so I'm going to be self-critical but worst gig nothing really pops up to mind really I'm sure I'll like you know walk away and then tomorrow I'll be like (laughs) fuck that's right that was a that was a banger um (laughs) I'll look at the start of this tour I was touring with um with an accompaniment that didn't learn my songs and huh. he had a brownie before our show that I didn't know about. <laughs> so that was that was and it, that gig meant something to me because we were performing somewhere that I actually did really want to kind of like you know do my thing and impress the people there. Mm. And yeah, you just didn't keep time. It was a bit uncomfortable. But even then, like you know, if I'm you know if you're not if you're not learning, if you're not winning, you're learning. <laughs> Thank you, Luke Morton, for that one. If you're not Pass winning, up. you're learning. So, look, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a bad gig. Best gig? I have so many of those. Best gig. Fuck, last night at the Toff was rad. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, just Lindsay and I, great venue, great sound, great energy from the yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been singing for a few months, like, pretty much straight now, so I'm... Oh. I'm yeah. I'm am doing all right, I reckon. <laughs> so that that's last night so far is probably one of my favourite gigs. Fantastic. I'm sure I've had some. I've definitely had bangers in Seattle, <laughs> and I you know James and I have performed with Dwayne Everett Smith as well. We've had some great shows with him with Briggs. Yeah. There's been way more like awesome gigs. Yeah. And I'm so, I, I'm sorry I can't answer that more directly. Let's just that's go right. with last night. Last night was a banger. Let's do that. Let's yeah. Do it. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks so much, David. Hey, thank you. Absolute pleasure having you on. Ooh. Whenever you're listening to this, there's a pretty strong chance that Katie will be playing. Yes. Some new show. Just yeah. I'll be around. You know what you should do? Google Katie Baker. You should Google me. <laughs> go to my website. Go to my social oh. media. Katie Baker Music. Please hit her up. Please, yeah. please, please do. Because she's wonderful and you will love her as Aww, much as I do. Thanks, David. You're so welcome. Thank you for being on. Oh, my pleasure. I'm David James.